The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal loaded up for a Monday. We'll check in recruiting weekend. How to go for the Big Red. Well, Kane Williams is in. What's Greg Smith think about that? We'll talk some crouton with Greg Smith from Hale Varsity in about 20 minutes or so. Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, joins us in one hour. And then Cade Williams, school coach from John Errett High School in Marrero, Louisiana. Reggie Rogers with us about 520 or so. Numbers to get in can join us at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Lot to get into. Some thoughts on, well, word on the diamond. Husker softball off to a regional, which is awesome. Husker baseball, the game three from hell. When it comes to weather delays, we'll dive in there. And we'll go down memory lane. Worst big game performances. Right? It's been the topic today with Game 7 and the Suns getting annihilated at home by the Mavs. But there's been some pretty bad big game moments around uh, all the world of sports. So we'll get there. But let's start with recruiting. And Nebraska had two visitors on campus this weekend from the portal. One, of course, Cade Williams, safety, the portal product from Alabama, a high-level safety that Nick Saban landed. And uh, after a redshirt season, Williams said, I'm going to look elsewhere for for playing time. And uh, Nebraska able to uh, use the connection with Mickey Joseph, uh, the Marrero connection. And Mickey was right there for LSU back in uh, 2020. Well, it worked out a second time around here in the portal as Nebraska lands Kane Williams. Stefan Wynn is the question mark. What is the world? What, what's going to happen with Stefan Wynn? It's uh, up in the air right now. Uh, we're told we'll get more from Greg Smith on that, but kind of a three-team race. At least you got Wynn on campus as Nebraska wants another body on that defensive line. And Georgia Tech, uh, a strong showing. Nebraska obviously got the visit. Texas Tech is in the picture can Nebraska get a yes uh, with Stefan Wynn? The yes they got, though, uh, pretty impressive, Elijah. You look at the size, the physicality, the ball skills 
of a Cade Williams. And, oh, yeah, by the way, good enough to go to Alabama. I think the question with Kane is, is how ready is this guy to step in day one on campus? I mean, when you hear, oh, an Alabama transfer coming to Nebraska, you assume this guy is going to be some super freak athlete. Cause there's a, there's a great ceiling. Yeah, there's a great ceiling. The question is, is I mean, last year he was buried on the depth chart, not because of anything of his own doing. There's a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of experienced guys that were just ahead of him in the room, and he was where you'd expect on a depth chart compared to those guys, which is below them. But then on the other hand, uh, he was also where you'd expect ahead of some of these other young guys in the class where you think this guy's got decent talent. So the question is, is, is he going to need a couple years to develop here at Nebraska? Or is he a guy who's ready to play now and is getting out of Alabama so he can play now and doesn't have to sit and wait for another two years before he can get on the field? Here's the, the way I look at it. I look at it as, do you have a better path to playing time in Lincoln? And that's not disrespect to the current room, but it's a fair question. And it's it, presumably based on recruiting rankings, <laughs> You have more talent in Alabama's secondary room than you do in Lincoln. I mean, you have two guys, both at the safety spot, who are probably going to be first two-round picks next season. And that's what Nick Saban does. Mm -hmm. That's what Nick Saban has done. All right? Now, uh, not to throw shade on Coach Fisher's room, he's been here, and and Nebraska's had somebody from the secondary go make a roster or stay in the league. So it's not like Fisher's doing anything wrong. You just got to kind of revamp. And you you look at what Nebraska's done here. Uh, Nebraska's looking at at adding talent and some depth. And this is the eighth scholarship defensive back Nebraska's added to their 2022 roster, be it high school, be it JUCO, or, of course, through the portal. And what you have to keep in mind is early on what was common, attrition. You have had a lot of roster turnover in Lincoln. And a lot of that roster turnover from the state of Florida when it comes to the defensive back room. Uh, As good as the 2019 recruiting class is on paper, they're not here. A lot of those kids aren't here. A lot of the high-level talent kids on paper out of high school Nebraska won in the recruiting battle, are not here. And a lot of them were in the secondary. And part of that was COVID. You get here, COVID hits. You can't go do anything. You don't really have spring football. The the, the COVID season was, was a nightmare. Are you going to play? Aren't you going to play? I mean, if, if I'm growing up in Miami and then I got to move to Lincoln, Nebraska in the middle and of I COVID and everything do is shut anything? down, I don't blame a kid for leaving. No, I, I come here to go to school and play ball, and I really can't play ball, and school's all online. This is no good, <laughs> right? I mean, so Nebraska's reality is they, they had to go kind of replace some of those departures, and they're doing that now through JUCO and, of course, through the portal. And if you can go get a kid that was good enough to get a committable offer to Nick Saban in Alabama at 6'2", 215, a guy that can play in the box as a strong safety but has the athleticism and athletic ability to, to cover and do what safeties do, and, and that's be good and run support and go make plays in center field or in man coverage. God love you. Good for, for Nebraska and being able to have on the back end of things. Okay, it didn't work out the first time in a recruiting battle. Let's go get it on the back end here uh, via the portal. 
So Nebraska now 17 scholarship defensive backs heading into 2022. And uh, we mentioned that Nebraska going different directions here. Mickey Joseph is an elite recruiter. He has been for a long time. That's part of that. That's that's part of that that upgrade Nebraska's made. And what you have right now is really a four-headed monster. Everyone's job is to recruit, yes, but you have a a four-headed monster at Nebraska that's highly detail-oriented. They've done it for a lot of years. You look at Coach Bush and Coach Joseph in their early to mid-50s, the programs they've been a part of, they, they are detailed. They know what they're looking for. They know the player they're looking for. They have connections all over the country and in recruiting hotbeds, and they can work smarter as well as harder, right? Uh, they're always hustling. There's urgency always with Mickey Joseph. There's urgency with Coach Bush. There's urgency with Coach Applewhite. He's continuing to roam and, and crush Texas. And A.J. Allen and O'Shawn Mathis, just two examples. Uh, Brian Christopherson, really nice story with his interview in Coach Applewhite. And then, of course, you have Coach Fisher and, and Coach Becton, the, the Florida-Georgia connections they have. So while Nebraska, uh, with Coach with, with uh, their director of, of, of recruiting, Vince Ginta, Nebraska is going to focus on that 500-mile radius, really drill down on it, get kids from around the region that, that aren't as far away from home. But the talent that you can sprinkle in from the SEC or from Texas or from Louisiana or from Florida or from Georgia and keep that talent here, it, it, it's a nice mesh. It's a nice mix and a big get for Nebraska. We'll see. It's an option. We all think Kane Williams is going to go compete and try and win one of those starting safety spots. But, again, he just redshirted last year. Is he going to come in and go win the job? Athletically, he's probably good enough to compete at a high level for it. Worst case, there's there's a rotation there, and you can still go to him when need be. Nebraska has not been above injury issues in the secondary, at least at safety. When you look at um, – with, with Deontay Williams, as good as he is, he was pretty dinged. That was a loss. Now you've got options back there in the secondary. You've got to replace those two back-end guys. Yeah, and it seems like the battle is going to come down to, see, Noah Pola Gates, uh, Kane Williams throwing there, Braxton Clark. Which names am I forgetting in that safety room? Well, I mean, you, you have plenty of options. It, it, it's safety, just they don't have starts. I'm pulling up the roster right now with safeties off the top. I mean, because it's an it's an open competition, Com- completely open. We'll we'll talk to to Coach McBride a little bit here about what you need in that safety spot. But you've got Deshaun Singleton, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Singleton's a guy there. Noah Pulagates, you mentioned. Uh, you have Javier Morton, guy that was a JUCO guy that was also uh, committed to Alabama. At one point, right? You have. Um, we still don't know where Marquise Buford's going to be slotting in. Is he going to be a safety or is he going to be a corner? I, well, I think or, you, can, you have a lean. We well, have Farmer at one spot, right? Theoretically, Farmer's your your one, he's the most experienced, the, in the most room experienced. Right now. He started, and and he's a guy that that's got a, a lot of upside, and and he's performed for you. I mean, he's gotten the football. He's been a guy that's been around turnovers and and had some picks. So do you do you keep Buford? At a safety spot, if he wins the job or when he wins the job, right, 
along with Miles Farmer, and then or do you like Buford at, at corner uh, opposite uh, Newsom, right? And you still have Braxton Clark there. You still have Tommy Hill there, right? You still have uh, the the kid from Northern Iowa, Omar Brown. I mean, you have a lot of options right now if you're Nebraska in that secondary. And then from a slot standpoint, I mean, Jalen Gould's a high-level incoming player. Uh, Jalen, the kid out of Jersey, don't count him out, right? And, you know, you got your former five-star, Tariq Johnson, that's that's on campus, right? So you you have plenty of options. Taman Lynam's the the, the one, like, holdover from from one of those classes right so that's where you're at with nebraska i i i think farmer and and newsom are your two two known guys all right one at corner one at safety your your other safety spot your other corner spot and then your nickel slot spot uh, is is still up for grabs, and uh, quite frankly, it's pro- probably knowing Coach Fisher, it's all up for grabs. But at least from an experience standpoint, both those guys we touched on have started at least. I think really the only guy in that secondary room that we should expect to be a starter when entering fall camp is uh, Newsom. Newsom, Quentin Newsom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Farmer hasn't shown himself to be uh, rock solid from the safety position. He's been good when he's come in, but we haven't really seen him play as a starter. Uh, Noah Pola Gates Spot duty versus winning the job. Noah, Noah Pola Gates has really been a special teams guy to date at Nebraska. We we don't really know what to have in him, and then you have new guys coming in competing. And then look at the competition of that corner spot opposite Quentin Newsom, where it could be it could be Buford, it could be Tommy Hill, it could be Omar Brown. Uh, there's just a, a well, litany Braxton of names. Clark's, Braxton, Braxton Clark's, Clark's got an insane frame, right? I mean, Braxton Clark's at six four. <laughs> I mean, just a, a great body type. And look at the difference between what Nebraska has in the secondary room in terms of competition, in terms of ways they can mix and match with that room to find the best combo versus what Nebraska has along the defensive line. And I, I think we're eventually going to get into to Stefan Wynn here with Greg Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nebraska could use a few more bodies in that defensive line room just in order to be able to mix and match and find which guys work best together, uh, not just say, oh, this guy's the best guy we got here. Let's throw him out there. You start getting some more competition, some more parity, and you can start mixing and matching and finding which units are going to work best. And that's what Nebraska doesn't have along the defense line. The, the one space uh, still in the defense is the D line that I think there is still a, a little cause for concern entering the fall. The, the, the secondary room has it too, but with the amount of competition there, I, I think the cream will rise to the top. Totally agree with you there, but good get for Nebraska. Husker baseball is uh, just, you know, 5-11 and 11 now in, in one-run games. You, you get walked off. Uh, Kobe Gomez crushes a grand slam, and then slowly in those middle innings pre-weather delays, Illinois starts chipping away. It's 4-1, to one, then it's 4-2, to two, then it's 4-3, to three, and then it's tied, and then you get a three-hour and five-minute delay, uh, another delay after an hour-and-a-half delay, and and then an error uh, causes things to go sideways for you. The, the two uh, two batters get on base with singles in the bottom of the ninth, and the Illini walk you off after coming back. So the win keeps Illinois in uh, position for a Big Ten regular season title. Nebraska, had they won could have finished as high as fifth in the league. It is still touch and go for Nebraska to even make their way to Omaha for the Big for the Big Ten tournament. The only eight teams go, 
and and they'll need some help, but they gotta sweep Sparty starting Thursday. Yeah, we we did the math uh, this morning on the morning hookup. Will Wilson and I I did that show from uh, nine to eleven here locally, and we did the math. And there is one circumstance where Nebraska needs a lot of help should they win two games this weekend against Michigan State. If they sweep, there's a much better chance the teams ahead of them really are playing the top teams in the Big Ten. Uh, so with the sweep, I'd actually kind of like Nebraska's odds of making uh, the Big Ten tournament, but anything short of a sweep and it becomes very very unlikely. Uh, yeah, I mean. To get a sweep is and not automatic, and then to get help. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think Nebraska has a sweep this season. Don't believe so. Not a single one. So. No, they, they've been swept, but they, they do not. They own brooms. We know they do. Can they use them this weekend? Greg Smith will hit recruiting next. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you on a Monday, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert, we welcome in Recruiting Insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg Smith with us at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. The Straight Up Breakdown podcast will drop tomorrow. And uh, we say hi to Greg. Greg, it is National Barbecue Day. What's your favorite thing to barbecue? Oh, man. Probably, well, it depends on how you define barbecue. I'm going to just go ribs because that was my, my gut reaction. Uh, you can't go wrong with, with some ribs on the grill or smoke. Beautiful. Uh, ribs is my draft pick as well. Is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just don't do it enough. Give me pork butt. Yeah. I was just about to say, I do not do it enough. Like, that is the thing. I, I'll get them when I go out, but I hardly ever do it at home. It's kind of weird. Most okay. overrated thing to barbecue has got to be a brisket, right? Well, I'd say... A, a brisket done well is beautiful. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, difficult to do a brisket beautifully. I, 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 oh, fumble, yeah. I fumble way more often at the goal line with my brisket, so I just stick to the ribs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm with you. I've tried it once. It was a daunting <laughs> challenge, and I, and I know my limitations. Here's 80 bucks. Oh, I busted someone's <laughs> right. tooth. That's the problem. That's the problem. They charge you all that money for the brisket, and it's not even easy to cook. It looks so good, and then, oh, man, we can play hockey with it. Uh, Greg, let's spend time here and big time get for for Nebraska this weekend. Uh, Part one of the Bama two-step done. Kane Williams is in. What do you like about this addition? Yeah, I like that it gives Nebraska another um, player, both in the short and long term, uh, that could potentially help that secondary. I think that first and foremost, I think that Kane um, has been someone that's talked about, you know, it's only a long term project. I think that he's a guy that could come in and potentially push for playing time. Um, he's got the pedigree to, you know, play at Alabama and defensive back down there at that, uh, where, you know, they're turning out guys left and right for the NFL. Um, and I think he's going to come in and try and hit the ground running. But also, I think it gives Nebraska a guy with, with four 
four years of eligibility left um, that they could have a stick around for a little while if things go well. Um, and he's a pretty good athlete. Like, he may not be the fastest guy, but he's got everything else that you need uh, at a safety spot and will come down and strike you as well. So I really like the pickup for that. We were just talking about trying to do, you know, Coach Fisher's job for him, leave it to us, right, and, and, and figure out that back four with some key reserves or role guys. Newsom and Farmer, are they an ink for you or pencil? Newsom and Farmer, man, Newsom and Farmer are probably in, that's a tough one, because I would say more ink. Yeah, uh, same here. Pencil. Yeah, like I, I think that you could get to a spot where you could see Farmer being maybe in a rotation, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard for me to not see him being out there uh, when they first start the games. I think he'll get the first crack at it, so I, I would put those both in ink, especially. So, when, when we talk about Williams here got to get acclimated to the to the defense. I know he'll be making his way to Lincoln here for for summer like in a week or so. Do you give him because that granted he redshirted but he did see minimal time special teams time. Do you give him an edge because of of the Bama factor or do you think some of the guys already on campus are are poised to 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 go win that job over Someone as recently added from the portal. Yeah, I, I would give the I would give the advantage to the guys that have already been on campus, just because they're more familiar with the defense, they're more familiar with Travis Fisher, um, and exactly what he wants. Um, and and it's, it is tough, and that bar is high. Uh, for a guy to come in in the summer and, and snatch a, a starting role. Uh, we're going to see it essentially in a couple other spots, uh, but a safety is going to be a, a really difficult ask given the guys who are already in the room. Greg, if you had to put your bets down today, who do you think are going to be the two safeties coming out week one against, or I guess week zero against Northwestern? Yeah, week zero, I guess I would say uh, Farmer and Buford as my two safeties, uh, with Singleton being a guy that rotates in, and then Williams is a guy that's one to watch uh, for that group. Greg, uh, what do you have on, on Stefan Wynn? Where is this race at? I know he was in Lincoln over the weekend. Yeah, he's in Lincoln over the weekend along with, with Williams, his former teammate. Um, I, I, from what I hear so far, that visit went well for Stephon Wynn. Um, Nebraska definitely you know, presents its case for why they need more defensive line help um, and why he has a, a nice pass to playing time here. Um, as far as the timeline, it would not surprise me if he made an announcement this week at some point. Um, he visited Georgia Tech here recently as well, and I know they're in contention for him as well. Um, it'll just kind of, It may come down to which of those two teams he has a better pass to playing time i think georgia tech is pretty thin up front too um but i don't know if he's a guy that would that could really hold up playing you know 60 70 snaps a game sometimes it's better to be in that rotation and showcase your skills uh when you got your full stamina greg do we have any intel on if uh, kane williams and, and stefan win are, are close i mean visiting this nebraska on the same weekend uh and now with uh, kane williams committing you look at that and you, it raises some eyebrows a little bit where you go could these guys be friends visiting Nebraska together now that one's in it makes it more likely for the other? Yeah, I, actually, I don't know that. Um, I, it, I can't imagine that it hurts, right? And it can't be a coincidence that they had both of those guys visit at the same time um, beyond the fact that they're two of the, the team's top priorities left in the portal. Um, it, it can't hurt to, to have you know a former teammate from Alabama already in right now. So Georgia Tech, you have uh, Texas Tech in the running as well for a win and, and 
does Wynn have another visit lined up for, for Tech, either Tech or uh, is it one and done? Is it not just decision time? Is it really kind of pull the trigger time? My my indication has been that it, it's it's time for a decision. Um, I guess if you see him take another visit, that's not a great sign, or he could just be checking all of the boxes. Um, but I think you end up being in kind of decision mode now, and we kind of see where it goes sometime this week. What's your take on on Taylor Lewis? Pretty glowing thoughts on Nebraska. I know you you caught up with him, and and he's a guy that is from College of the Canyons, uh, JUCO but uh, a guy that's ready to, to make a, an immediate impact jumping from JUCO. Yeah, he's a guy that, that's really interesting. Put up some nice numbers out of College of the Canyons last year. You mentioned that I, I caught up with him. Um, it kind of caught me off guard that, you know, he's a kid that obviously was at JUCO. He, he knows Marquise Buford and, and Julio Martin, two Chicago area guys that are coming to the Huskers or once already here. Um, and he said to me, the thing that caught me off guard was that, you know, he grew up watching Nebraska play in the Big Ten. Like, we've already now gotten <laughs> to that point where kids have grown up elming knowing Nebraska in the Big Ten, which made me feel old but he did call nebraska a dream school because of the style because of the style of football that they play um and he knows the history here the problem for nebraska right now with him um is that he's blown up on the recruiting trail um since that offer from nebraska he's had a number of schools come in including i think auburn was maybe the latest one that i saw that offered him a scholarship today i think the secret is out on him um and for nebraska's sake hopefully they can get him here on a visit and i don't know if that's going to be pending you know wins decision or not or if there's space to take both of them well greg i just want to let you know i was 10 maybe 11 when nebraska made the jump to the big 10 so when you've got members of the media now who are are looking at this and most of what they remember is nebraska in the big 10 Okay, thanks. Thank you for that. Um, maybe we'll just go with a, you know, time flies kind of thing then, right? I don't uh, – I'm trying here. I, I don't, I don't know what you're you're complaining about, Elijah. It was just yesterday Jim Delaney was on the radio with us. <laughs> <laughs> As in like 12 years ago. Welcome to the Big Ten, son. Don't ask me about Notre Dame or I'm going to break your neck. <laughs> yeah, and that talk never went away. No, no. <laughs> he, he, he didn't say it, but his eyes did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask oh, me about Jim. the Irish man. Yeah, he's just like, well, I'm uh, I'm fishing right now or, or or putting for dough. Greg Smith is with us on Hale Varsity Radio recruiting rundown. Kane Williams in. Greg, what what's is there a difference in the the game that that Taylor Lewis can bring and Stefan Wynn can bring? What's How are they similar? How are they different? I know they're big bodies, obviously, but is one better at run versus pass rush? Are they both good at at, at both facets on the line? What's your what's your film take? Yeah, the the thing that I actually I like about both of them and why I wouldn't mind if Nebraska, you know, could find a way to get them both is that they're pretty different. Wynn is more of your classic, you know, nose guard type of player um, that's going to eat up some space and be able to stop the run, and that was kind of his role um, at Bama and what he was kind of built at out of high school. And then on the other side, Lewis is a guy that's he's a smaller guy, more of a Devin Drew and small, mm. being relatively speaking, um, more of Devin Drew's body type, where he's you know more of a four 
three defensive tackle that can get after the quarterback, can play the run, uh, but is really good at getting upfield. So they're really two different types of defensive tackles and really kind of represent what Nebraska needs to get on that line. They need both. They need a guy that can come plug some holes and can stop teams like Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota from running the ball, but you also need guys to be able to defend the pass in this league as well, especially if they're going to be playing more of that 4-3 defensive line or defensive alignment this year. Well, and, you know, the thing, too, is you go with a little smaller defensive tackle, and that quickness can really cause problems on the interior, getting after the quarterback, uh, collapsing that pocket from the inside uh, versus hoping you, you beat somebody off, off the, you know, beat a tackle off the edge and, and get to the quarterback. You just pray that you can hold up against the run. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that pass rush up the middle also helps your pass rush on the outside, right? So mm-hmm. that also frees up your O'Shawn Mathis, your Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, and those guys. It all works together. But you're right. It, it, the whole deal is, is can you hold up against the run? Because that's why, you know, we're kind of here in this spot anyway with them trying to land these defensive linemen if they've got to figure out a way to become more stout up front. Greg, let's look to the first weekend of June. And, of course, uh, next weekend's also a big visit weekend potentially for the Big Red. Yeah, this coming weekend is a really big one. And I know that the first weekend of June is going to get a lot of talk already, as it should. Um, but with, with four-star offensive lineman Caden Green from Kansas City coming in this weekend, um, as well as three high three-star uh, wide receiver Jaden Doss from also from Kansas City, um, this is going to be a really important weekend for the Huskers for a couple of regional targets. Um, and then June 3rd is just going to be massive. Like, I think you have your first Friday Night Lights uh, that weekend, and you're going to have a huge visit weekend um, now being headlined by Malachi. Ty Coleman, uh, the four-star out of Lincoln East. Greg, last thought here, probably 30 seconds left. I, I just want to get your take on uh, Luca going ballistic against the Suns last night. <laughs> it, it was a beautiful thing to watch. I am a, I'm a Luca fan, um, and anytime we can poke fun at Jacob Padilla's Suns, I, I am <laughs> A-OK with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved it. It was great to see. Are you team CP3 or no? No, no. Are you team Pat Bevin? I'm a guy that I respect him, and I, and I recognize that he's a great point guard, an all-time great. Um, but he shrinks in big moments a lot, and then mysteriously has a lot of you know injuries after the fact. Like it's very weird. <laughs> Greg went with the shrinkage card. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It, is your quad hurt or are you scared? Uh, yeah, exactly. Greg, good stuff, man. We'll uh, run you down here again soon. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, have a good one. Enjoy the weekend. There he is. Greg Smith. Check out his podcast with Hale Varsity, Herd Ad Media, straight up breakdown at Greg Smith HV. Some thoughts on that NBA shrinkage on the way. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GDR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
Back to you, Tailbar City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, just thinking of some some title game annihilations, right? And and this isn't the NBA Finals. This isn't Game Seven. Uh, it's not Game Seven of the World Series. It's not Game Seven of the NHL Stanley Cup. It's it's the semis before the conference finals. Not a big NBA guy, but there's been all sorts of arrows shot and some defending attempts on Chris Paul. And listen, not the biggest Chris Ball, Paul guy. Uh, it's not because of commercials. I just have folks that, that I know that have had to work with him or work for him. That they just say, you've got a Chris Paul when the camera's on, and you got a different dude when the camera's off. Are you friends with Jake from State Farm? I am not. Oh, okay. I've got a relative that has done security. <laughs> mm. And there's that. I've got... You don't have to name drop. Okay. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that... And listen, people are people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, that's not surprising. You get someone with fame and fortune. People can change or they can stay the same. It's it's just interesting. And Patrick Beverly's gotten a lot of run today for his sit down on first take. We'll have some of that here. And you've got people coming after Pat Bev. You've got people defending Pat Bev. And as good a, def- a defender as he is, folks are are scoffing at a guy that isn't half the offensive player or Hall of Fame worthy kind of rarefied air that CP3 is in, in 17 years. I'll say this. The guy's lost four straight game sevens. He's two and six all time. And after a 2-0 lead, he absolutely uh, was was nowhere. Booker's really good, but can't do it himself. Aiton is, I loved watching him at Arizona, and he was a nice first pick overall, but he's clearly a, still a project offensively he's more of a rim protector and rebounder and that that just can't happen i think of some really awful championship moments in different sport but i think of of the orange bowl with with usc and what what pete carroll and company did to oklahoma i mean it was 55 to 19 anything lane kiffin called was incredible. They had Leinart, they had Bush. I mean, it was it was a, an incredible championship team. Of course, Nebraska, what they did to Florida when uh, the two heavyweights touched glove. It was it was it was all Nebraska. You just don't want that that big a game to go sideways like it did. And you don't have Phoenix. You don't have Milwaukee. If I get a Boston Golden State final, I think that'll be pretty awesome. I mean, I think that'll be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll, I'll tune in for that. But your take, Elijah, where are you on the CP3 debate? I think he, he, he just clearly wasn't the same player. He wasn't as aggressive. His turnover numbers uh, jumped. He was not turning the basketball over. And he was averaging double digits. And he went post-game two to about nine points and four turnovers a game. I think there's a little bit of truth to messed up quad i think at age 37 you're not a spry chicken anymore spring chicken and i think there's part injury and i think part of it is listen you had better coaching uh clearly and that was the difference get the ball out of 
<laughs> out of Booker's hands. Make anyone or everyone else beat you if you're Phoenix. And they couldn't. Yeah, I mean. And there you go. And, and Dallas Dallas, and Jason Kidd were, were better. And, yeah. and they had the hot guy, and Lucas was incredible. And this is just what I was going to get into is we can critique Chris Paul here if we want to, but I want to give credit to Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd had a great game plan both defensively and offensively. We saw it in both Game 6 and Game 7 where it, it was defensively, you're daring anyone besides Chris Paul and Which Devin Booker to beat smart. you. It was, oh, DeAndre Ayton, make a mid-range jumper. Cameron Johnson knocked down a three for once this series. Uh, Cameron Payne tried to do something again. I mean, the defensive game plan was great, but offensively almost even better where it was pick and roll, get Luka into isolation with DeAndre Ayton, make DeAndre Ayton get out and, and guard him in space. Yeah. And it's, that's just advantage Luka. All day. I mean, that's why you saw Luka dominating yesterday is because who was guarding him? It was DeAndre Ayton, Bismack Biombo, someone who should not be guarding Luka. And that comes down to both the offensive sets and the defensive sets from Jason Kidd. I, I thought he did a masterful job and outcoached Monty Williams throughout the last four games of the series. Well, and, and you, you've got that X factor in Luka where if you put someone who can stay with him or at least guard in space better, you're not going to find anyone the size or ability athletically to, to stay with Luca. He'll either take you on the block or he'll drift out to three and, and shoot over you. Yeah, so then, you had no answer. And then if you try to put Chris Paul on Luca, he's going to back you down. Devin Booker's too small. DeAndre Ayton's too slow. Uh, you're screwed. Jay Crowder's not athletic enough. Like, yeah, you're screwed. Luca was going to do what Luca was going to do. What the Suns needed to do last night was find some offense and the, their. Big two, I guess you would call it big three, but it's well, their, their big two of Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker were just bad. And and you needed better defensive effort for whoever was going to be wingman for Luka. And and that didn't happen. But we have Patrick Beverly uh, a little bit here from first take, queued up and ready to go as he went scorched earth on one CP3. What are you saying today? Basketball player you could see it in the eyes they were scared it ain't about luca taking his soul they knew starting the game what was going to happen he's done it before mm-hmm. they watch trust me they have I- yeah. iphone they have instagram they see the numbers of luca Doncic averaging 39 they hear me saying man he did it to me he did it to me Kawhi, paul george i damn sure you gonna do it to them they know that boy scared of luca ain't nobody afraid of anybody over there in phoenix man everybody in the league knows that bro like it's just that y'all don't know that because y'all not in the locker room no one's afraid of phoenix we wanted them we wanted them. No one's afraid of Phoenix. I, I talked to some teammates. I ain't going to say who because I'm going to say who. Forget it. I talked to Paul George last night, man. Pat, ain't nobody scared of them. So you lose game seven. You get annihilated at home. Your future Hall of Famer has the worst game of a lot of bad sevens. And then you got Patrick Beverly on Monday morning absolutely going scorched earth on you. Ain't nobody worried about Chris Paul when we play Phoenix Suns. Nobody in the NBA. Well, what did I just say, though? And I'm just letting you know how NBA players feel. I, 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 be, I believe you, but what I'm saying he's is... He's finessed the game to a point where he's, he, he gets all the petty calls, all the swipe-throughs at the end. I mean, this guy is out, man. We're going to be honest? We want to be really honest? Yes. He should have fouled out. He should have fouled out. The last game, too. You see the replay against Bronson. Hit him on the shoulder, hit him in the mouth. Ref don't call anything. If that's me, oh, review it. Oh, flagrant one. If that's him, they don't call it. So let's not get it twisted, man. He should have fouled out. He can't guard. He literally can't guard. He can't guard. He can't guard. Yeah. He, you, he can't, he can't, Chris Paul can't guard anybody? Is that what you say? I, 
Did you see that? No, he can't. Everyone knows that. Excuse me, excuse me. No, no, no. I don't know that. I haven't heard anybody tell me that. You, yeah, because you haven't suited up. You know, guys don't like to tell you all the truth. You know that. Because they're scared. They're scared. They're scared what you're going to take No, 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 no. Now, he's you know, right me, about I don't that. Care. They, will, I, they will lie. Yeah, he will, he's honest. They will lie. They that is lie. true. He's not lying about man, that. Man, CP can't guard nobody, man. Everybody in the NBA he know that. Everybody know that. Wow. He went on to call him a parking cone. <laughs> you just go around him. <laughs> he's orange. He's wearing orange. Sun's uni. Just, you just go around him. You can dislike Pat Bev all you want, but you got to respect the entertainment value. That's absolutely it. We'll wind down hour one. Coach McBride's on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More on Caden Williams, the Bama safety that's now in Lincoln and uh, committed to Nebraska. His high school coach from John Aaron High School in Marrero, Louisiana, Reggie Rogers. Coach Rogers with us in about 30 minutes. Coach McBride, 10 minutes away. Big thanks to Dustin who tweeted in Nebraska did in fact sweep Ohio State this year. Ah, In baseball, Dustin, thumbs up to you, brother. Thanks for the correction. It's been a long year for Husker baseball. They are loading up with JUCO kids to maybe uh, infuse some talent. And they've got talent on the diamond. It's just, it's been a mess for them with uh, what what can go wrong, has gone wrong, either injury-wise or on the mound from a consistency standpoint. And, And they had a lot of pop, you know, that second game against Illinois. Nebraska shows up the right way at the park. They can, they can get enough runs to win about any ball game. They just haven't done it as often as they'd like. And, and I'm anxious to see the pitching staff rebound, you know, in future, uh, in, well, next season for sure, see what they have. They've had to kind of get rid of a couple of guys out of that pitcher's room as well. So uh, kudos to Dustin with the uh, the info. You have state baseball scores. Kevin Suits passing this along. Lincoln Southeast winning the elimination game against Westside. Uh, Lincoln Southeast 14, Westside 5. Elkhorn South 10, Kearney 8. And then for uh, for Class B, Central City, Fullerton, Centura 7-4 over Norris. Scott 10-5 over Gross. So Max Butenbach and company, those Knights, are uh, already the rock and roll. They'll face Elkhorn South. And the, the main takeaway here for me is Norris bounced after only two games in the in the state tournament. That's a that's a surprising result for that Norris team. I know they have good squad, uh, really good squad. They got the the Fountain kid who's uh, committed to Florida State. Got an umpire for him once, and he lived up to the billing. Uh, just in terms of <laughs> what he can do at the plate, I, I was just impressed with the maturity of his approach at the plate. So he didn't take one of your horrible on the black calls and draw a line to how outside the pitch was on that outside corner? No, um, because I call I just, a good strike zone. Thank you very much. You're very offended right now, aren't you? I was just impressed. He, he knew count-wise, I mean, he had the maturity to, to know when to hit for contact, when to hit for power, uh, when he's just trying to poke just a single through the right side. Um, and then I mean, he hit what I think was a triple, just about put a hole in the outfield wall. So Man. 
Yeah, no, impressive kid. Nope, good stuff. We'll uh, check in and uh, get the latest here. Talk a little defense with Coach McBride. Reminder to buckle up. Game preparation and repetition predict success in winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Let's get you qualified right now. And uh, caller nine to beef up your backyard, your chance right now to qualify for that smoker, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also, a gift card to Russ's Market. Put some meat on that smoker. Can log on ESPNLincoln.com, qualify online, but qualify right now at 466-3776-466-3776. Seven six caller nine qualifies to beef up your backyard. The smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, and the gift card to Russ's Market. Caller nine right now four six six three seven seven six. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as uh, we're going to effort to get Coach McBride on the horn. We'll see where Coach is at. Uh, you know what? I hope he's sunning himself. hope he's got the, the weather we have here in Lincoln, uh, up there in, in uh, Michigan. Hopefully it's warm and I don't know that he'll take the plunge into uh, <laughs> the icy, cold uh, northern Michigan lakes. I don't know if the, the water's heated up yet. Numbers to get in can join us here on Hale Varsity Radio. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Big news uh, this weekend. Kane Williams finding his way. Uh, to Lincoln for an official visit. The Alabama transfer uh, pulled the trigger and uh, is in for Nebraska. That was a big get for Nebraska. On the docket for Nebraska, though, Stefan Wynn, defensive tackle, uh, former uh, four-star IMG kid, still trying to figure out what he wants to do. Georgia Tech in the running, Texas Tech as well. And uh, you look at where Wynn is at, made the trip to Lincoln, would kind of help out in that interior nose guard spot, 64308. Uh, also, Taylor Lewis, defensive tackle from Juco, 
College of the Canyons. Lewis, a guy that can get after the quarterback, decent to, to good against the run. But Lewis's recruitment has continued to spike. Be sure to check out the interview we had with Greg Smith, recruiting insider. As uh, Greg said that with Lewis, uh, a guy uh, with his level and his speed and athleticism, a lot of schools are, are coming calling uh, for Lewis. And the uh, the uh, the latest is Auburn. So we'll see if uh, if Nebraska lands win, or if they go get a guy like uh, Taylor Lewis. If win goes elsewhere, Caden Green, offensive tackle from Kansas City, Jaden Davis, wideout from Kansas City, on the uh, the docket this weekend uh, for Nebraska, and a slew of visitors for Friday Night Lights. The 3rd of June. Uh, pretty good story from Sam McEwen with uh, Vince Ginta and the Nebraska recruiting setup. And you look at, at what Vince Ginta has done, and, and it, it's one thing to, to have a guy kind of heading and, and leading your recruiting like Vince, super talented, super detailed, organized. You, you match Vince with some go getters. Like an Applewhite. You match him like Vince with a guy like Bill Bush, like a guy like Mickey Joseph, Travis Fisher, Coach Becton. Nebraska is now, and, and guys, the other guys on staff too, are, I'm not leaving them out on purpose. I'm just saying, you know, you have some, some getters, right? Some closers on top of Coach Frost as well that can go do some work. And that's going to be pretty important for Nebraska. What is their plan? Well, their plan is to be aggressive, hammer the 500-mile radius, and really dive in to see if the kid's a program fit and a fit for the state. That that seems obvious. But Nebraska, I think, when, when you get here from Central Florida, you used to – here's where you're coming from. Right, you're you're coming from the AAC, who the last several coaches to come out of there all got plucked to major programs. Right, maybe not Coach Rule going from Temple to Baylor, but he killed it at Baylor. I mean, they were zero and eleven, and he flipped them around to a to a BCS bowl, and then he's off to the NFL. Coach Herman killing it at Houston, uh, even landed a five star at Oliver. Houston landed a five-star defensive tackle, right? What do you know what Houston's doing? They're, they're killing it, right? They're beating Oklahoma on national TV. They're playing in the New Year's Day 6. And then, bang, you look at what Central Florida did, a lot of the NFL talent they had there, and they flipped it around from a, a program with a bunch of talented kids that really probably didn't love football, and Scott Frost came in there, flipped their mindset, flipped the culture, and they go undefeated and, and whack a really good Auburn team. Uh, the Auburn team that, that beat both teams that played for the national championship that year in Georgia and in Alabama. Well, you, you come up to Lincoln, and what happens? You, you go with what you know from, a, from an offense and a defensive style. How does that work in the Big Ten? And Nebraska's had to make some adjustments. They've made some adjustments, and, and now you're going into year five with the adjustment being uh, needing to pay dividends and, and get to a bowl game, crank out seven wins, take a little 
little heat off your seat, okay? And Nebraska has adjusted. They've adjusted with who they've hired now as assistants. They've adjusted with what their philosophy is, I think, recruiting. And I think Nebraska is in a better spot. The question is, is how quickly will it, it pay off? How quickly can it hit? And you can use the portal. You can use NIL. You can use JUCO. You can tweak your defense, more of a 4-3 look in the Big Ten. And offensively, you've got to be physical. Nebraska's tweaked that at a pretty high level with what they want to do now when it comes to meshing their run game with what Frost wants it to be, that Husker power, right, still with some Oregon elements uh, of the the speed, although Nebraska's dialed back from the tempo thing because everyone runs tempo. And can you be pretty balanced, which is a, a staple of Whipple. He won't punt on the run game but it's going to be a nice controlled passing attack. So those are key things. And if you can drill down and go get kids that, that fit you culturally, if you can go get kids that will fit you at a high level from a, from, a, from a radius. So if they're 300 miles from home, if they're 250, they're 180, whatever the number is, you're not battling that, oh, the kid's from Florida, and now he's in Lincoln, and it ain't working out. So I'm going to leave. And it's way way easier to leave now than it's ever been because of the portal. So Nebraska's made some adjustments. You've got the organization with uh, with Ginta. And then you've got some real dogs on the recruiting trail. And all that, to me, meshes well with how aggressive Nebraska's been. Can they get it turned to to a bowl? bowl game this season and then beyond and then watch it possibly really take off with some of the kids they're getting and I really do think they've got some really good assistants that have phenomenal eye for talent but I think they've got some developers too now on staff and for the first time since Frost has arrived it really does feel like Nebraska has a sustainable recruiting bed that could continue to work for years to come and you thought that initially coming in you go Oh, well, he'll use his connections in Florida. Florida's a hotbed, and you'll combine that with the 500-mile radius. Well, Florida didn't mesh. Florida in Nebraska. you got to pick your spots versus mm-hmm. rely on it, right? Whereas now Nebraska is, is down in some different southern states, but uh, you look at Georgia, Louisiana, and, and Texas really are the big three where Nebraska has had some success going and dipping down. Combine that with the 500-mile radius. And now, now you're going to explore in these next well, – you really you start with one year this next year and then uh should frost and his staff stay around you expect the next two years because kind of your your proving ground for mm-hmm. how well this works as a recruiting bed but it, it does feel like this could be sustainable the 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 connections that mickey joseph has made down in louisiana and down in the south as a whole uh ha- has been fruitful uh early to say the least and uh you combine that with now brian applewhite going and making more inroads into texas uh and then you have the guys locally that have been putting in work when you look at coach uh rude as well as even coach joseph here locally uh doing good things within the 500 mile radius you look at it and you go man does nebraska actually have a a plan for recruiting that could lead to success sustained success and i feel better about it today than i did two years ago well you know who's going to be super key for nebraska in that 500 mile radius is bill bush mm. Bill Bush has done a lot of work already in Kansas City, and that work is to the tune of, of Caden Green and Jaden Doss just this weekend. You got a, a visit last weekend from a B.J. Kennedy. He's a Topeka kid, 
and he's a super high level athlete for 2024. Again, I'm not trying to to stoke the the fires of of hype. Kids got to get here, got to got to play well, got to got to fit, got to acclimate. You got to win so you see a second year. I mean, listen, I don't know that the the changes on staff. I don't think this is a one and done deal potentially for a lot of the new guys who got brought in. I can't say that for certain, but I think you've got a really really good staff, an experienced staff, a proven staff on the recruiting trail. That's went and got kids have evaluated well, Elijah, and then oh yeah, by the way, they've they've helped with these kids going beyond college and playing football on Sunday. You made a great push point about Bill Bush and his impact in the five hundred mile radius um, because. When you look at the special teams as a whole, you're expecting it to be filled out by 500-mile radius guys, guys uh, that are your walk-on success stories, uh, guys that are, are local kids and they get it and they need some time to develop in, in the system where they're going to earn their uh, earn their keep on special teams, if you will, and Bill Bush being the head of that and also having a strong focus in the 500-mile race just makes a lot of sense, and you can see that being one of the ways that Nebraska is able to turn their special teams around by going and getting 500-mile radius guys that maybe would be off to South Dakota State or off to Wyoming and bringing those guys and making those guys uh, your special teamers, at least early on in their career. And there's really nothing wrong with being a career special teamer either. Uh, and and turning the special teams around with those guys, those guys because uh, those are guys that have been finding success on special teams. I think of Phelan Sanford as one, Brody Belt's another, all these 500-mile radius kids that, that have done well on special teams. And Bill Bush is going to make a further inroad into that. Well, and, and think of uh, a local product that was – slated to go off to the Dakotas, Luke Reimer. Look mm-hmm. how look how talented and, quite frankly, elite he is as a linebacker. Nebraska was able to keep him from going. That just a, a case in point of not even a 500-mile radius, probably a 50-mile radius, right? You look at Call it 15. <laughs> potentially. But back to Bush and Kansas City, I mean, we, we talk about attention to detail and organization. It's It, it, it feels better when you talk to some of the recruiting folks because of how organized it is. And you can say a lot of things about Billy C., but Bill Callahan recruited the hell out of Nebraska for Nebraska. Uh, he he got talent from a lot of different spots, and he got talent from some local areas too. Uh, and, and I know it didn't end well for him, but he was – on top of it, part of that was because Bill Bush was on his staff. And, then. and revisionist history, maybe the, the Callahan program, the Callahan era, looking back, wasn't as bad as we thought it was at the time. No, it, it wasn't. I mean, there were, there, were some, there were some black eye losses. Uh, I think there was a bad loss to Colorado in there. A loss to, I, I, a loss to I, Kansas I during the, their best the, era. The Kansas, yeah. The, o- Oklahoma State at home. I remember that one being bad. Yeah, that, that wasn't there, good. There were the black guy losses, but the program as a whole wasn't in as bad a place, as, I think, as at the time. We looked at Nebraska football and went, oh, they missed a bowl game. This is the worst thing ever. Combine that with a couple of bad losses. And I think now you can look back with the last eight years in mind and say, you know what? Maybe Bill Callahan didn't have as bad a program as we would have liked to think at the time. No, and, and Bo took some of that talent, really elevated it, and then added to it. And you can like or, or not Bo Pelletti, but, you know, his era doesn't look as, as bad as the last couple. And Nebraska's era under Frost right now has been tough for a lot of Nebraska fans because you, you thought it'd be a quick turnaround, and that's not the case. What's hilarious, and it's not even funny, it's more sadistic, but you look at how close Nebraska was at beating Texas 
with Callahan here. They were in every game against Texas. They should have probably won two of them. They didn't. You look at the Riley era, they were in every game and probably should have won two of them against Wisconsin. The, the teams you're trying to, that you hate and you want to get over the hump against, if you're a Nebraska fan of, of all of the teams in the old Big 12 and in the, uh, in the Big 10, you, you were so close so many times to those two teams with, with two coaches and, and their two eras that, that didn't end up working out. Well, on the other hand, for the Mike Riley era, you also have the, what was it, two or three years that Ohio State didn't punt once? No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sticking up or saying that was a great idea. I'm just saying it's <laughs> funny how there's, there's a lot of like venom still for both guys, or at least their tenures here. And you you were an eyelash twice from being two and zero against Texas. You, you you should have started Joe Gans instead of Sam Keller. Screw you screwed that up. And then with with Riley, you, you can't get a first down or run the clock out. And Gaglione drills a field goal after doinking one. And then you have the overtime loss in Madtown as you're ranked sixth in the country and you're unbeaten. See, I, I'm I'm prepared to admit that I may have slandered. Bill Callahan too much 10 years we ago. All did. I, I, I'm prepared to admit that. I'm prepared to be the bigger man and say, you know what? Maybe I wasn't as correct about my takes about Bill Callahan as I thought. I, I'm not ready to do that with the Mike Riley era just yet. Well, that, that's g- Give me 10 years on that one. The, the case in point, <laughs> though, is Bill Bush, the 500-mile radius, and the fact that we, we talk about this uh, 2024 athlete, B.J. Kennedy out of Topeka. Bill Bush knew the kid's a baller, Okay. Bill Bush also knew that, guess what, he's in town for a basketball tournament this weekend. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure that there's some connection because Bill Bush has connections with, uh, with Kennedy's dad. And away you go. So details, connections, what's your network look like? Nebraska's got some guys with fantastic networks part of that network reggie rogers from marrero louisiana head coach of john errett uh, and his former player kane williams we'll talk about him next pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money i'm brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity and i wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription that means that you for less than twenty dollars can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery head coach, uh, John Aaron High School, Murillo, Louisiana. Reggie Rogers with us, head coach. Coach, it's uh, wonderful to meet you and spend a few minutes. Thanks for your time. How's your day? So far, so good. I appreciate you guys, you know, calling and, uh, you know, spending some time with us today, man. We really appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. Well, interested uh, to hear about Kane Williams. But first, coach, tell me a little bit about your football program and what you got going on down in Marrero. Oh, we just wrapped up spring football yesterday down here. We had a little spring game that we get the chance to play against the opposite school, um, another school 
Um, we got good work. Um, got some good young talent. Some guys you guys will be hearing about here in the future. And I'm just glad we got out with, with no injuries and, and uh, some things we can work on all summer. Reggie Rogers with his head coach, John Aaron High School. Coach, let's touch on spring ball for a moment. That is not something that happens in Nebraska. Uh, you have a lot of other spring sports going on, baseball, track, uh, golf, plenty of different options. I'm sure that's uh, the case where you're at as well. But is it even a question? Do you have numbers to, to conduct spring ball with your team and your talent? Tell us a little bit about what you want to do in spring with your kids. You know, your your seniors are exiting, so you have a lot of some guys, some spaces to fill, and it's a good time to get them, you know, kind of acclimated to varsity football. Some kids that we have, you know, on the team, but, you know, nothing like getting, you know, live bullets thrown at you, you know, fired in, so you can get acclimated to the speed of the game. You know, for as far as our numbers, you know, we had 65, close to 70 kids out this spring, so we had quite a few, you know, kids out for this time of the year. You know, it's something, a tradition, you know, to keep the kids going, looking forward to going into the summer. So we have pretty good numbers, and we had uh, good work all spring. We get 10 days, you know, pretty much of spring football, so pretty good uh, practice time for us. That sounds awesome to to have some spring sessions uh, with your kids. Let's talk about Kane Williams. Uh, Was it Alabama? Now is it Nebraska? Coach, tell us a little bit about Kane's initial recruiting process what he did for you on the football field and and uh, how he was able to land on Bama's radar. Bama got him over a whole host of high-profile schools. Uh, just so you can see, when you see Kane, he stands out initially. You know, he's a big, tall, long kid, rangy kid. And then when you watch him run and play, you know, he, he got the ball skills. You know, he gets to the ball. Um, he will hit you. Uh, he's got great hands. So he, he, he stands out and pops out immediately once you turn the film on. His size, uh, very impressive. The ball skills with some of the tape we've watched, uh, impressive as well. And when it came to to making a decision to leave Alabama and look to Lincoln, spend a a minute here. Did he consult with you at all? What uh, was the process like for him in in your mind to decide to leave Bama and look elsewhere? Uh, No, he did not consult with me, actually. Um... You know, we kind of found out here, just like everybody else, you know, through Twitter, we saw the announcement that he made. Um, but, you know, calls immediately came, you know, here to me, to school, to kind of ask what he was doing and uh, try to figure out, you know, how can they get in contact with him. Um, but he has a relationship with some of the guys that uh, in Nebraska and some of the other schools that, that kind of recruited him initially out of high school. So I'm pretty sure that once they heard the news that they were, you know, right back, you know, trying to get in contact with him and try to find out, you know, where his head was and what it is that he wanted to do. Coach Reggie Rogers with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, talking about his player in high school, Cade Williams, now headed to Lincoln. And let's spend a second on Mickey Joseph, obviously from Marrero, his connection in the community yes. still, and what type of, of impact does a Mickey Joseph still have in Marrero recruiting-wise? Y'all don't know, Mickey was a heck of a player, high school player here in um Number one in quarterback. At, uh, yes, at Shaw High School, you know, right down the road from us. You know, his presence is felt. He's always welcome home, you know, uh, 
hell of a coach, excuse my language, but, uh, you know, he, he and Kane are, are, are close, you know what I'm saying? They have a relationship with each other. So it was just a no-brainer that, you know, Mickey being in the position that he's in, you know, would recruit Kane all over again and try to build another relationship with him and try to get him to come where he's at. I think it's a good fit. And that, um, you know, like I said, Mickey's a, a great guy and a great coach for uh, and a great mentor for Kane. He's going to be in good hands. Tell me, Coach, you said you think you got some guys coming down the pipe that might get some interest from Nebraska here in the coming years. And with that relationship with Mickey Joseph that he's built to, in that area, I want to get your take personally. If, if Nebraska came knocking on one of your kids here down the road, what are your thoughts on Nebraska? I mean, this is a, a Nebraska-themed radio show, so I'll, I'll warm you. But just I, I want to get your, your, your unfiltered take on what you think about Nebraska. I'm like I'm 48 right now, coach. So I, I was raised, you know, pretty much on Coach Osborne in Nebraska via offense back in the days. So and everybody kind of knows about what it stands for, you know, to see a guy like Mickey be down there, you know, as a player and also as a coach now, you know, it's it's a big deal for us that um, our kids would definitely give Nebraska answers. We have two sophomores that are being heavily recruited right here, right now, down here. And uh, they definitely want to give Nebraska some interest because of the relationship that we have with Coach Mickey. Coach, it had been a while. I know the the Pelini crew did fairly well in Louisiana. Uh, Stanley Morgan comes to mind. Also, uh, former tight end, Seathan Carter, was uh, Louisiana. And even back in the mid to late 80s, Nebraska really did well. Uh, I, I think, you know, Neil Smith, obviously, uh, Mickey Joseph, for sure. Uh, I want to say, God, there was a safety. And then Dana Brinson. Dana Brinson was a Louisiana guy. So Nebraska had a couple of Sugar Bowls back in the mid-'80s that they, they cleaned up yeah. in and continued to, to recruit the Bayou real well. And it sounds like Nebraska is going to continue to tap in with Mickey and, and, of course, Bill Bush as well being at LSU. Yes, sir. Um, this is, like I said, this is – Mickey's home, so he kind of has a relationship with a lot of high school coaches here. You know, he's he's been in the college game for a while, so he's built plenty, plenty of relationships. And, you know, guys kind of trust him and, uh, you know, are going to welcome him into their programs and allow him to recruit their kids. So Nebraska will have a fair chance at a lot of these kids down here. Coach, getting back to, to Kane Williams here for a second, uh, we were talking with Lars Anderson last week, and he's pretty well connected with the, the Alabama program. He said there's guys around that program that think of, of Kane as well as Stephon Wynn, another guy from Alabama who visited this weekend, as, as potential future NFL guys. So I, I want to get your take on that. we we got to assume that with three open uh, defensive back spots at Nebraska up for grabs to starting positions next season, that one of the reasons Kane transferred here was to try to get some immediate uh, playing time. So uh, I, I want to get your take on this. How college-ready did you feel he was coming out of high school just two years years ago uh, I think he was ready um I, I can't speak on the, the situation at Alabama because I really don't know it but I I do believe that he he's going to earn one of those spots and that uh you know we will see him playing on Sundays you know I believe he has that kind of talent that kind of ability and uh, with the right people behind him I believe that you know we will be seeing his name called you know in the upcoming drafts whenever it's this time what's Kane's personality like from when you coached and taught him very quiet kid, um, leader by example. You know, he's not a big talker. He's a doer. You know, he's going to go out and work hard and, and, and he's going to lead through his plate and lead by great examples, and that's what he does. Uh, he's not going to – he's not a right, right guy where he's going to, you know, his mouth, I'll speak the rest of his talent. His talent is going to show up, and uh, that gets the attention of everybody. 
You look, uh, Coach uh, Reggie Rogers with us here on Hale Varsity. We're talking Kane Williams as uh, he is committed to Nebraska. You look at the, the Big Ten and the SEC, both very physical leagues. Uh, you look at Kane's uh, ball skills you mentioned. Was Kane a guy that could, could bring, bring the thunder a little bit from the box uh, in run support? That's, that's one of the things that kind of stuck out to me. Would you, is it fair to say that as he looks now to a new league, a different league in the Big Ten, that he's pretty well apt to, to not only do the coverage thing with, that you need to do as a safety, but also uh, pretty solid frame-wise for run support? Oh, most definitely. He plays uh, well in any spot, you know, open field or in the box. You know, in high school he played some of everything for us, some offense, some defense. He played safety. He played a little strong down in the box for us. So he's accustomed to playing, you know, pretty much wherever, you know, he's 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 uh, whatever he um, spot he gets, you know, he's going to be able to play it. And, yes, will he tackle you? Indeed he will. You know, he's a, a strong tackler, a strong kid. Um a strong frame, and he and he plays through every bit of his frame. You know, um, you guys would be seeing, you know, how he moves and how he his physicality. You know, upcoming season. Now, tell me about his, his competitiveness. You said that he was a guy who was a, a quiet lead by example kid. Usually, at least in, in my experience, guys like that tend to be pretty quietly competitive. So I, I want to get your take on that. With him being such a great athlete, I'm not sure he was ever really pushed for a spot in high school. But did you ever see any moments uh, of that competitiveness within him during his time down there? Uh, he was pushed early on. Um, he played as a freshman here and uh through an injury, but he was forced to play early on with some guys that are, you know, out playing college football right now, some big name guys. Um, so he was very competitive. You know, once he earned his spot, you know, he, he didn't allow anybody to come in and 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 uh, out compete him for his spot. So if there was a guy that was, you know, able to try to compete, you know, Kane kind of shut that down because he wasn't going to have it. Before we yes, say sir. goodbye, Coach Reggie Rogers with us, John Aaron High School, Marrero, Louisiana, Kane Williams uh, to Lincoln. Tell us a little bit about your program, your expectations, your culture, what kind of bar you set for the kids you coach. Um, John Aaron is a is one of the most consistent programs in the state. Um, I didn't grow up playing here, but I grew up playing against them, you know, with grace like Cardell Stewart and Reggie Wayne. And Drake Nevis and those guys, a lot of guys that went to the NFL have come through these doors. It's, it's an honor to be here, you know, with some great coaches, you know, Coach Billy North, Coach Corey Lambert, Coach, a bunch of these guys come through here and, and kind of set the mark. You know, I've got the job, you know, doing Katrina. And, uh, I mean, not Katrina, I forgive me, doing um, COVID, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I kind of stepped in. It was a hard time for us because not knowing, you know, what was going to happen. But, you know, we made it work. And we were able to continue to build on what was already built for us. I, I haven't built anything. I'm I'm just carrying on the torch that was already handed down to me. And uh, we have great expectations um, for this upcoming season. You know, we're a playoff team every year. Uh, you know, last year we didn't win the district, but we're trying to get back to winning the district and carrying on to get past the, uh, the second round of playoffs. We got kind of knocked out the last few years in that. So we're trying to continue um get back to to. to further rounds in the playoffs. You know, that's pretty much what my focus is now. You're in the A5 league, and it's pretty uh, pretty vicious league. I mean, lots of talent everywhere. Yes, sir. Uh, 5A in Louisiana is our top um, division in Louisiana. Um, 
And once you get to the playoffs, it's, it's pretty brutal. So you, you have to be ready, you know, across the board here, man. We have great talent here. Reggie Rogers, Coach John Aaron High School, Marrero, Louisiana, and Kane Williams to Lincoln. Coach, pleasure to spend some time with you. Thanks for giving us a few minutes on Hale Varsity. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Big thanks to Coach Rogers for joining us. We'll have that posted shortly, if not already. I should probably check Twitter. ESPNLincoln.com is where you go. The on-demand ESPNLincoln.com. And on Twitter at ESPNLincoln for the uh, full interview postings. And uh, in hour one, Greg Smith with us. So some good insight on Kane Williams from his high school coach, Coach Reggie Rogers from, from John Errett. High School in Marrero, Louisiana. Time for you here. Next 20 minutes open, 466-377-6800-825-5865. And uh, your chance to uh, beef up your backyard before 6 o'clock. We will uh, dive in to what uh, Mattress Max is doing. Make it Mac, not Max. Screw that up. But we've heard of this guy, right? Uh, Mattress Mac is a a monster gambler, and he gets <laughs> incredible coverage because all he does is lay multi-millions down. He'll lay it down for the Super Bowl. He'll lay it down for college basketball, the national championship game. And, and he's uh, he is a big-time... Uh, Astros fan, gallery furniture is his business. He put a futures bet totaling $4 million. Okay, on the hated Astros. I'll just say the hated Astros. Not by all, but by many. Those odds right now would, uh, would bring him $42 million if the Astros go on and win the World Series. It's $3 million wager, 10 to 1 odds at Caesars, and another million on the 12 to 1 odds through win bet. And he may just build himself a casino if he hits this. We'll have to get Danny Burke's take Thursday on, on that type of futures bet. So my question here is, shifting from baseball to basketball, how are you betting with the Heat Celtics Mavs Warriors? Are you going Heat in six, Celtics in seven, Celtics in six, Heat in five? Two really good defensive teams. You've got Jimmy Butler. You got Tatum. I mean, it's 
it's too close. You've got some scouts that have weighed in on the athletic. Former anonymous scouts say the Celtics in six. Coaches say Celtics in six. Former executive in the NBA say the Heat in seven. The consensus, though, here is they think Boston has enough. The X factor, of course, Kyle Lowry. Do, do you have help for Jimmy? Because he can, he can get off, man. He's great. He's phenomenal. But Boston collectively is really high level. And if I see the Celtics in the finals, I won't cry. Never been a big heat guy. Yeah, so I, I got Celtics in seven. Okay. And on the other side, I, I think I got Warriors in six. Really? That, that Warriors team is just. You still have Draymond, scary. you have Clay, you have Steph, and this could be their. F- Windows not closed. They're, they're, none of them are young anymore. I mean, Steph finally graduated college this weekend. I mean, they're, they're trying to open up like an, a new window with some of these young guys they're bringing in with right. Kaminga and Wiggins uh, James Wiseman. They got Wiggins, who is kind of in that, what, he's like probably what, year eight now in the league? I guess he's six seven, and he's he's finally doing what he was supposed to do as the number one pick overall. Yeah, and and you have Jordan, you overall. have Jordan Poole as well, who's been exceeding all expectations coming out of Michigan. Um, but uh, you can see like what the Warriors are trying to build towards for the future. But you're kind of looking at this is is this the last run where it's going to be the the Splash Brothers of Clay and Steph and and even Draymond? I'm not going to call him a Splash Brother, but I'll throw him in that group of of them leading this team. This to just a, to in, a Kyle Lowry out game one. The hamstring. So Celtics in six, then? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stick with Celtics in seven. I'm going to go with you, Boston in seven. Not to be boring, but that's kind of where I'm at. Give me Boston in seven. Uh, You is 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 Iggy going to be healthy enough? Do you put Wiggins on Luca? I mean, what do you ask Wiggins to just kind of drill down defensively? And that's your assignment. Get us twelve and ten, but for the love of God, play good defense. I don't know. I, you, you get a guy like Luca that's such a playoff performer and has been feeling it. Uh, I, I do love Draymond. Draymond, because Draymond's the type of guy that can get. He can pull the Rodman card and get under your skin and intimidate and be physical. He's the enforcer. And is Draymond's a three for nine shooting guy, but he'll get you 17 rebounds and eight assists, mm-hmm. some steals, some hustle plays. But he's the backbone of the toughness. And got to love him for it, or at least respect him for it. The scouts say Mavs in six, mm-hmm. coaches pick Warriors in five, uh, and uh, the anonymous executive picks the Warriors in six. The consensus here is Golden State. I, I will say I, I picked Warriors in six, but now I'm going to preface this. I'm it's not. Fine. It's fine. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. What What's the conspiracy? The NBA is going to get one of these series to go seven games. Oh, they're going to get both of them to go seven if games. If they can. I, I, I think the Warriors might be good enough to beat the NBA. I'm not going to say the NBA is fixing it to get to seven, but I think they know they have some options. I don't think they're, they're – They've got some momentum here. I mean, spring football's not doing a damn thing on the old people meter. Mm-hmm. You have baseball that's still pretty young in the season. NHL is still early enough in the, the playoffs. and it's Which is fun. 
but you know, if, if you can get these series with some drama, you can get them late. We're talking game six and, and I, game sevens. They can get those ratings. You and I never talk NBA, but it's been too juicy to not talk about the last handful of days. We'll at least spend a segment or two on it. So give me, I'm going to go seven for both. All right. Gambling kiosks and all at set arenas. <laughs> give me Boston in seven. Give me Golden State in seven, and give me give me the Warriors in seven. While we're talking betting here, we got about a minute left yeah. in this segment. Uh, I just want to throw it out there for any younger listeners. I'm talking between ages 22 and 26. In the past week, I've dedicated myself to making accurate betting lines for my friends. We've got a group chat of who in the group chat will be the first one to have a child. No one in the group chat has yet. We have people that are engaged. And, and let me tell you what. Setting lines has been a great time, and then I've also been playing bookie and, and taking the bets, and, and we'll see. And it's going to be a, a fun journey over the next couple of years. Um, not letting anyone bet on themselves because that is a little bit unfair um, in order to take home the money. But that has been a uh, a, a lovely experience I have had over the last week. Where uh, if you're young, if you have a group of friends, none of all of you are kidless. Either first to get married, first to have a kid, you something a- along those lines. It it, it it turns into some some fun moments. You get enough uh, rum and cokes in us, or vodka and tonics. We shift from, you know, who's the the first to to have a kid when mm-hmm. we were your age to, which one of us poor bastards turns into a grandpa first. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. that's that's what just kills the buzz on a Saturday night. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> Which one of us gives a grandpa first? Like, uh, I'm out. I hope. You hope. <laughs> it's not in your hands anymore. It, <laughs> hope it's in his. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday. Big thanks to Coach Reggie Rogers, Greg Smith. Tomorrow, Rick Kaczynski will join us. Mitch Sherman in... Better Call Saul tonight, the second-to-last episode before the uh, final season break. And then the second half of Better Call Saul cranks up later this summer. Mike St. James will be with us. Don't know if Saul's going to have to pay to get out of trouble tonight, but Tennessee paying a reported $2 million to avoid a rematch. With BYU in 2023. (laughs) Oh, that should get you banished or relegated from the SEC, shouldn't it? At least probation. Well, (laughs) maybe. Now, I'll say this. Going to Provo is no, no, I've not ever been, but college football teams go there to die 
early in the year, non-conference, and a BYU's like an independent or something like that now, right? And and you you just you get set up, Mountain Air, tough physical dudes, good football program usually. Guys that are, I mean, I'm not making fun. I mean, they're probably 20 to 22 years old, post Mormon mission, so they're an older team with families and kids, so they're pretty mature. And Tennessee's like, nope, we're good. Last time Nebraska took him on, Hail Mary and all, it was no fun. I, I kind of wish it's been we seven years, man. Kind of wish we would have gotten a game in Provo, though. It's it's, it's one of those bucket list college football stadiums with the, the mountains off in the background. It's a, well, a beautiful, let, picturesque. Let me give place. you some loving advice. Go find another stadium with another mountainous view that serves beer. Okay, fair. That's a great. point. I mean, you're not. I'm just guessing here. I don't know that you're going to find a tavern in Provo. It's got to be at least like one tailgate. You're not going to find any dip in Provo. You're not going to find coffee. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you'll have to really work to find some caffeine. Yeah, and listen, that's their thing. It's okay, whatever. But <laughs> no, it's not my thing. No, <laughs> let's let's book a game with 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 Cheyenne, let's, with Laramie. I should say with Wyoming again. Let's go play Craig Bowl. Let's go to Boulder. We're we're going to Boulder in a couple of years for a road show anyway. But if you're Nebraska, you're you're going to Boulder. There there are options out there. Could Pro, go like Appalachia. Provo, Provo is not. Here's what happened. You had some Tennessee boosters, friends of the program, say, "Dude, done some research. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to bring our own." <laughs> Cancel this bastard. We've passed the hat already. Get us out of Provo. No booze, no tailgating. Wonderful people. No caffeine. Can't do it. We're out. (laughs) Done some research. This is not Park City. This place was not meant for us. (laughs) I know. We got to do this dry here. Or uh, qualifier. Okay, we will talk to you tomorrow at 4. Caller 9 qualifies to beef up your backyard. Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker, Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, Russ's Market Gift Card. We draw end of May. Caller 9 right now, 466-3776. A Huda Media Production.